On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, Casey is back from his vacation. We check in with him on the Brewers. We go back over the terrible game that was Wisconsin versus Michigan. Uh, all that's in the NFL. A little NBA preview as that is tipping off. And a little uh, Marlowe's Corner Kick. Yeah, you heard that right. Marlowe's Corner Kick. All right, let's start the show. Another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. This is Marlo and Casey. I am sports hungover, and I think I'm just going to give them up all, all together. Oh, no. That doesn't bode well for our podcast. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. But I'm in, a, I'm in a deep, deep, dark hole this week, and it, it's bad. It is bad. Yeah, uh, I was there with you on Saturday. But luckily, my fortunes chained a bit yesterday. Uh, but yours, uh, yours did not on Sunday, which no. I think we'll we'll get into in a bit. But uh, it's it'll it'll it can only get better. I don't know. I was gonna say something encouraging. I'm not sure. I, have I don't know. The only the only thing is better is that we're actually back. We're here recording. Yeah. Sorry that we did got off our regular schedule, but you know, life happens. Yeah, I was doing some uh, traveling with the family, uh, so I was recovering from uh, a red-eye flight on Frontier, <laughs> and I don't know if, Marlo, you ever flown Frontier, uh, but it oh, is, yeah. I would say, nearly impossible to sleep on that plane. The, Absolutely. They don't recline. It's a plastic chair covered in a thin piece of cloth that they expect you to sit on. It is literally impossible to sleep in, um, so I basically didn't sleep uh I guess Sunday night. So those chairs uh, are like the elementary school chairs. They just got like the elementary school chairs, yeah. and glued them into the into the plane. It's it's ridiculous. And maybe it's fine if you're flying, you know, in the middle of the day and you just need to, you know, get through a couple hours of being uncomfortable. But our plan was to fly at night so that we could sleep. Uh, we were flying with our our two and a half year old son, who he slept. He was in his car seat that we took on the plane. He was great. He was <laughs> out like a light. Uh, and me and uh, my wife, not so much. So Sunday was a loss. Monday, I was just far too much a ball of nerves with both the Packers and Brewers going at the same time to be any bit compre- uh, comprehensive <laughs> to mm-hmm. to uh, our, our our fellow fans, our listeners. Uh, tonight, I got I got just the Brewer game, uh, so I am a bit of a ball of nerves for that. But uh, here to here to talk about it, all of it that we witnessed and uh, what is to come for the teams that we root for. Yeah, and we're gonna start off with the Badgers. Yeah, uh, the who, who took on Michigan on Saturday. Yeah. Lots of hype. Game day was there. Two ranked teams going into the big house. Mm-hmm. Super excited for this. I honestly thought we had a chance. I think we yeah. talked about this. Thought this was going to be the game. And I, we, I know we both said what what needed to happen. Hornybrook needed to have a game, yeah. and just not a bad game. And that is exactly the opposite of what happened. Happened. Yeah. Um, 
I think I, I always talk about him either not being good or uh, not making turnovers. He has to do one of those two things, and he was beyond not good in this game <clears throat> with turnovers. Uh, I felt kind of like it was, I don't want to say my fault, but Carmel was kind of coming around. I Earlier in the day, I laughed a lot at a Rutgers football uh, passing stat line. They were like something like two for 15 for 26 yards and like four interceptions. Something god-awful. And I shared that with people and laughed and said, ha-ha, <laughs> Rutgers. And then it was like, what, halftime of the Badger game? Maybe third quarter? And uh, Hornybrook was more or less on the same trajectory. And 25 was, yards twenty-five yards in the first half. Yeah. And then he carried that well into the third quarter. Yeah. Just those 25 yards. And I think they kept saying the broadcast, <laughs> I know you didn't, you weren't privy to it, but yeah. it was something he hadn't completed. A, it kept saying he hadn't completed a pass since the second drive of the game yeah. mm. um and it was it was just it was just gut-wrenching bad uh getting to that point and just speaking to just hornybrook's part was it all on him no but a lot of it was he was put he was you know doing a thing where he throws the ball where no one's at throwing it yeah. to the other team in the absolute wrong wrong times and we just weren't well, able to, not able to overcome those type of things with that, that good of a team is there is there a right time to throw no, the other team? <laughs> right, but what, you're right. But what, what I mean is like I mean, but it was like pick sixes, right? Yeah, it was like pick sixes. It was you know when we're on the other side of the end zone, and he, there was yeah. there were more where it was one of those games where he could easily thrown like five picks. Yeah, uh, there was more just kind of thrown to the other team. It was like what what is going on? And, but he had some dro- he had some balls that were dropped. I'll give him that. But it's just uh, the Hornybrook just just on the Hornybrook factor. It was the most frustrating thing because even as crappy as his first half was we were still in the game mm-hmm. we were still in the game so all Thir- he had to do was not be so shitty not not continue <laughs> being awful yeah exactly yeah oh I, yeah i think you know the people who put him on what what was the award for best quarterback or whatever i mean they have to have yeah. egg on their face after that performance i mean he take him off that list right now my goodness um and they kept yeah. hyping up how statistically good he was. It's like yeah. all these pro football focus uh, have him like number one and everything. I don't know how it works, but yeah. Mm. Well, they maybe need to re-examine that. <laughs> uh, it's it's baffling to me how some games he can look so accurate and make the throws. And I mean, even going back to to last year, I guess if I could critique it as a whole. His accuracy wasn't the issue. It was his arm strength, and it was his ability to make the tougher throws. But then he has games like this once a season, maybe, where it just all falls apart, and I just I don't know how that happens. But it, it did in this game, which is uh, maybe the the worst time of the year for it to happen. So it was really disappointing. All right, so a question for you, because I've been waiting to ask you this as the number one Horry Brooks supporter. Yeah. When it is this bad, clearly this bad do you do you think about yanking him at that in that game uh i don't know who you go to though um i don't i think in the game the chance of him turning around is greater than the chance of the backup coming in and making an impact Uh, obviously that didn't happen right it didn't happen (coughs) In the second half at all, yeah. Um, I, and you could argue in garbage time it did, but that's not really here nor there. I don't think that's a really right. good argument to make. Uh, but I think 
given his kind of his history, it's more likely that he would have turned it around than um, the backer coming in and having a meaningful impact. So I guess I would say keeping him is the right choice, just because I have no confidence in anybody else coming in to do anything this year. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very well thought out. But I'm I was I was. You're I was done thinking, with it. Was it. Like, yeah, I was so I was done. Like, Horny got me back. He got me back in the game, and then he's. I'm ah, oh, it's over. Me and him are done. We're broken up. But the, just, here's, it's not. It's I can't. I can't put. I can't put my faith in him anymore. It's just not no. going to work. And maybe you can say that as a fan, but I think yeah. as the coach of the team, you can't just be like, "Well, I'm done with him," and. <laughs> And I'm going to, you know, whoever. Uh, I'd love to see Chris say that. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Because uh, if we're, you know, we'll talk a, a little bit about where we go from here. But, like, you can't do anything without Hornybrook. And the fact that he has terrible games like this, maybe we, maybe if I'm going to defend him, which I am one to do, I chalk this up and say, this is the bad game. And from here on out, he'll be great. I don't know. Okay. But I thought we I, already did that. I thought we yep. had the bad game well, before this one. We had we had we had the the really <laughs> bad game. This is the really bad. No, I don't know. I, okay, I that was my best defense of him. All right, I just don't know where else you go. So you got to stick. No, with I agree. I don't know. I don't even know who the backup is. But I'm like, I'd rather see that. I'd rather see him try. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, that's all I got on right. Horny Bro. Yeah. Well, I guess my question for you, Marlo, then, is let's go to the other side. But I think we came into the game. We said, what are our worries? You said the offense, and that struggled, and we just talked about that. I said the defense, and <laughs> that what? struggled. Struggle. <laughs> and yep. I, guess my, I guess my question to you, Marlo, is we look at this Wisconsin team, and for four or five years now, we've had interchangeable linebackers, cornerbacks, every, everyone in the defense. We've just... The next one up came in and was great. And this year, that hasn't happened. At least it seems. I guess maybe more so. Let's take a step back. What is with all the big plays? How does this keep happening? We I don't know. This this didn't happen. I presume the scheme is the same, right? Jimmy Leonard's right. still there. He's still running the scheme. We're still, you know, having our blitzing linebackers. What is different this year that these big plays are happening? Is I don't know. I talent. I don't know. I, I'm my assumption. It has to be talent. It, just my assumption. I mean, we had some people hurt, uh, especially this game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we lost people before the season start. But the biggest surprise of you know what I would have told you was the secondary talent. Like something was going there, and, and you know they weren't able to be be in places. What they weren't put in the places they weren't able to be and make those plays on a talent level. But this Michigan team. Every quarterback on the roster ran an 80-yard run yeah. around the edge. And it, yeah. that, to me, is – that, to me, seems screams like, okay, well, you're just not figuring it out. Like, you're not, you're not, you're not diagnosing this correctly. Um, and that just go, that goes to talent, right? Because okay. uh, you could tell. You, 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 I have to believe the coaches are telling them how to read that, and they're yeah. just doing it wrong. I just have to believe that. Otherwise, we just have the wrong people in place, right? As far as the the coaching staff, yeah. Um, so yeah, it has to it has to fall on the talent level, which, to your point, is a big surprise because it has been very interchangeable, uh, you know, the past few years. 
Yeah, and I, I guess going into this game, I thought, oh boy, watch out for the secondary is what yeah. we need to look out for. And I'm not saying that they played great or anything, but it definitely felt like Michigan got their big plays off of read option type plays where our linebackers were the ones who should have been making the play and weren't. And that's, I guess, the part of the defense that I least expected to be exposed in the game. And and they were. And I guess going back to BYU, that was a similar thing, right? They ran read option and got big plays off of our linebackers making the wrong wrong reads. So what, I guess, if I can put you in the shoes of one Jimmy Leonard former walk-on, I don't know um, if I'll fit those shoes. What? It, what? what uh, <laughs> I was going to go uh, different way with that. All right. <laughs> what? What can he do to fix it? Is it? Is it playing a less aggressive style, or is it just getting our current whatever scheme or whatever to be more effective to to coach him up, so to speak? Yeah, I don't know because the our defense is predicated on. The front line getting to the quarterback, right? Right. Uh, and then, or on the run game, opening up holes so that linebackers can make plays. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Jimmy do. I don't know if he can do anything at, at this point. And it might be because the roster has gotten thin. It definitely has something to do with it. But mm-hmm. if we go, if we go non-aggressive, then what? <laughs> you know, are right. are we just as they're just going to pick us apart little by little? You know, I don't know. I think it's it's kind of he has to go big or go home and. This is kind of what we're stuck with. Well, right now it looks like going home. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what other what other things uh, I guess stuck out to you in the game? All right. So the other thing was was play calling, especially in the second half. Uh, like I said, wasn't the best wasn't the best first half. Well, at least for Hornybrook, Taylor was having a fantastic half. Yep. Seventy, I think seventy six yards in the Sounds first right. half uh, for rushing, averaging he was averaging like seven six yards a carry. You know, just kind of bowling people over. I didn't hear about him getting hurt or anything, but in the second half, he only touched the ball six times. Mm-hmm. And, and we it wasn't again. We weren't down until late in the third quarter, so we started the we started the half. Um, you know, only down six, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And we just weren't we just, we weren't we weren't get, we just stopped giving the ball, and it just I don't know what what happened to that. I don't know why we do that. The other thing was we were. You know, throwing the ball on third and three to go on on clear four down territory, and then on top of that, we were punting the ball on four down territory. Yeah, uh, towards the you know third quarter, fourth quarter, and it some of it just it just didn't seem. I don't know. It just didn't seem like we were going for a win. It was like we're just going out there and 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 practicing reps or something. It just it didn't seem. It just seemed like I don't know. It just seemed like we gave up. It just seemed like we gave up. Yeah, I I think specifically I think there was a fourth and three or fourth and four on I think it was Michigan's forty three or something that we punted and I was like we're not we're not gonna win this game. I mean yeah. it's yeah that we, we don't have the mentality to win this game. So I, I agree with that we need to be a little more aggressive and uh I guess maybe it seemed like we got predictable. We threw on throwing downs, we ran on running downs yep. and didn't mix it up properly and and i think that hurt uh, a question i have for you uh other stuff i mean the big play that stuck out to me in the first half was 
the roughing the snapper call, which apparently only gets called when Wisconsin is playing at Michigan. Yeah, uh, this is the second time in two years playing at Michigan that we got it called. I don't recall it being called in any other football game that I've watched, <laughs> and I watch a, a sizable amount of college football. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, I called again, and it was a terrible call and maybe it's a moot point because of how the game ended but at the time it felt huge um do you think that i can do my usual blame the referees uh on this game or no is it yeah too far out of oh when it was going down real time i was getting hot because i was i was ready to come on here and yell about how the referees screwed us because that went when we're gonna get the ball back with the uh ready to go up or tie the game Mm mm-hmm get the ball back, and now we're down three scores all of a sudden, or two scores all of a sudden. Yep. And the, I was just so, I was so hot because it was such a crap call. The The rule is kind of, is questionable. Like, how how do you give a guy a second to put his head up? And he clearly did, and he pulled a LeBron and totally flopped that and got the call uh, to, the, to the point where, I don't know if you saw it, but the crowd was cheering for yep. the center for getting that call. Yeah. So it was... Unbelievable, and yeah, I wanted to get hot, and then you know we ended up losing by a thousand, so it becomes a yeah. new point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I guess to that, it, I get my thought as a fan is like, yeah, but that call changes everything, and it changes the momentum of the game, and it changes, uh, you know, down the distance, it changes score. Does that? I guess maybe is that just a fan thought, like that it it changes that much, or? Does the outcome of the game show like, hey, we probably weren't winning that game anyway? Hornybrook was still going to be terrible no matter what. Right. So, this is the thing. Hornybrook still be terrible. Like even our first, our first touchdown, we it was run and run, jet sleep touchdown. Yep. If we get the ball like somehow, even a field goal, it's still like a reachable. It's a reachable goal. Yeah. Get down two scores and then you let up another big play. That's 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 the water faucet opening. You know, I could mm-hmm. see it. You know, again, we're you know we're talking about you know, 18 to 20 year old kids in a hostile environment, you know, mm-hmm. as much as you want to say is they're, you know, they're D1 athletes who, who never give up. They, they give up. <laughs> it mm-hmm. happens. It creeps in that we can't, we can't be able to do this. So there is something to it. You know, I can't speak definitively to the men on the field, but I think there is something to it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe that it was referees that screwed us instead of <laughs> acknowledging the struggles of Hornybrook and the defense, and then I will feel better about myself. All right. Uh, so this game was on the refs, <laughs> officially on the refs. On the refs. You heard it here. Cases, excuses. Uh, all right. So enough of that game. I think uh, we dwelled far too long on it, and I will try to erase it from my memory. So looking ahead, we are against Illinois this week. Uh, should be a pretty easy one, right? Yeah. Homecoming. Um, honestly, it, it should be, I just know I'm going to drink a lot. So that's all <laughs> I have for that. If you don't remember the game either way, it was a good weekend. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess after this loss, uh, I guess we both have to do a little reset of our expectations for the rest of the year. So, um, I guess where, where are you at on, on what you expect from this Wisconsin team? Um, I don't think we're going, I, don't, I think this is it. I think we're just kind of playing the team out. We're going to go to, like, I don't know, Outback Bowl, the 1030 kickoff, or some game that's on, like, December 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't even think we're going to make it to Indy at this oh. rate. No, I, I honestly don't. Not well, a, okay. <laughs> so, 
I mean, even if we do, and then even if we do make an indie, I don't. I have no expectations of actually winning that game, no matter who we play. So, yeah, I, that was. You know, I'm still gonna watch the games. I'm still gonna, you know, cheer obviously because I have to. It's like ingrained in me. But I don't. All my expectations are gone. All that hype is gone. Everything yeah. that was fun about this season is gone. Now it's just Saturday. Yeah. Wow, you were way, uh, way more down than I thought you were gonna be. You're usually <laughs> like the. The positive guy, and I'm the I'm the worry guy. Uh, well, until it goes bad, and then I switch, and then you're the everything was awful, and I'm the no. Look at these positives. Uh, but uh, I, I guess I'm close to where you are. I, going into the season, we thought you need to split Michigan and Penn State, and if we right. win at Penn State, that changes everything. I have a lot less faith that we'll win at Penn State now than I yeah. did. Um, Although Penn State's not looking that great right now either. Yeah, they but, just lost to Michigan State, right? So yeah, maybe they're home. not as good as everybody thought either. Um, I don't know. Um, you said not going to Indy, and I thought, come on, we're, we're obviously going to Indy, but I think Iowa has a really favorable schedule, don't they? Mm-hmm. And yeah. They just have the one loss now. Uh, we have one loss, but we have the, the head-to-head, but we get that second one to Penn State, which seems, like I mentioned, more likely. God. Yeah. I guess I still expect that to happen, but I'm much less confident. I'm obviously, as you mentioned, much less confident that we would actually win. Right. In Indy. God, I'd love another shot at Michigan, though, if that is the matchup. <laughs> oh, God. That would uh, yeah. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not jumping back in. I'm not jumping no, back in. No, but going from a game where, again, seemingly everything went wrong for us at Michigan to being able to play them in a neutral site, I would relish such an opportunity. Uh, also because I think they're not as good as Ohio State. So I'd rather play them Ohio State. <laughs> That's uh, fair. I'll give you that. So, I don't think they're as good as Ohio State. So, I think, so I think in the end, I'm, I'm close to where you are. Maybe the, what, what you said the Outback Bowl? Yeah. What's the one? Is I feel like the Outback Bowl is the worst. It's like a 10.30 kick of a New Year's Day. The yeah. worst. Yeah. That's probably, probably where we're <laughs> about at. Because we're behind. Yeah. We're at least third Yeah. in the Big Ten for sure now. Right? Yep. Best mm-hmm. case, we're third. Worst case, we're sixth. As yeah. far as bowls go. God, that sucks. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Speaking of things that suck, let's move on to the NFL. Well, for you, I guess. Oh, for- God. So, wait, wait, I guess. So... <laughs> So, yeah. Where do, you, so here, where, do you want, where do you want to start? You want me to go first with Packers, or you go to first? With no, Bears I'll go ahead. I'll go right, ahead because right, right. I'm I'm on a heater right now. <laughs> because I get up, you know. I mean, the fact that the Wisconsin game was a night game and it just yeah. just went over. So you, you know, wake up like, all right, got the Bears. We're gonna do this. Wake up and Tannehill has announced that he's out. We get Osweiler. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. This is going to be yeah. a great way to sit around and get a W and yep. just forget about Saturday night. Yeah. And then Brock and oh, and then, <laughs> and then the most ridiculous game breaks out. Uh, there was there was all types of we had fumbles at the at fumbles in the in at the one yard line on yep. both teams. In uh end zone interceptions. Just crazy game. Goes in overtime, chance to win, miss it, end up losing. And it was just like Brock Osweiler threw for like 800 yards, yeah, some amount of touchdown. And it's the third time on a th- this third team on his first start on a team that he's beaten the Bears. That's amazing. 
It is so unreal that that is like that, and it's Brock Osweiler. Like he's been cut by so many teams. The Browns cut him. Yeah, like paid a lot of money just to cut him. Yeah. Um. So I just go down this deep. I'm just, I'm just in this like fog of just sports hungoverness that I could not get out of. I'm starting to get out of now that we're talking, but it was yeah. bad. Anyways, so I was. I think at one point it was twenty eight to ten or something like that. And I was like preparing excuses, like <laughs> who have the what quarterbacks have the Bears played? I mean, like come on, really, you beat Brock Osweiler? Congratulations! And then it all, I I was completely ready to just pile on. Have the opposite of what this this conversation is now. Yeah, is to before the comeback when the the Bears were winning, and I was yeah. like, oh, crap, Marlowe's going to be like, we're winning the division. Here we go, and uh, I was going to. Do the whole not so fast thing, <laughs> and uh, I I had to ch- I have to change my tune. I guess I just did it there, but uh, yeah, it was. And then it switched, and I don't know how it, it was. I felt like I blinked, and it was a tie game. Yeah, dude, Mitch, Mitch went, Mitch went Hornybrook, oh, and man. it was the same thing. We were supposed to go. We were about to go up two scores, and he threw an interception in the end zone. And that was like the next play is Brock Osweiler touchdown. It was ridiculous. So it it was a crazy game. Um, but what made it to start to start it off with the announcing crew, which I think it was like the D crew. Yeah, because I'd never seen them together before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's their first game. But did you see? Who, did you see who was announcing this one? I did not. So in the booth, you had Greg Jennings, with wow. some other dude that I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was his first game ever. Pretty sure. And of course, yeah, he's totally pro Bears, obviously. Um, and then on the sideline reporting, had your boy, Doug Gottlieb. Oh, yeah. I, I saw him on, on the sideline. <laughs> oh, so that was, that was painful to sit through in itself. Um, and then you had the whole play on the field. Uh, but yeah, Mitch went Hornybrook when you were talking about it. But. He also had impressive drives, which should have won the game. And this was, it was like, this Bears game was so closely related to the uh, to the Badgers game. Just not a blowout, but you had like the interceptions in the end zone. You had the not going, the in overtime, like settling for a 53-yard field goal, like not trying to push it forward, which makes no sense. Um, after a the other team fumbles on the one yard line. It was so crazy, but I believe this is kind of the second game. I, you know, this is the second game that Mitch actually, you know, put up put up some pretty impressive throws, touchdowns. That's a plus. Got to clean up the interception. The defense. I don't know what happened to. Him. I know Clear Mac like hurt his ankle, but they were triple double teaming him. But they just forgot how to tackle because most of these were like five yard passes, mm-hmm. no tackling uh, to the house. So that's get cleaned up. Bears three and two. I'm in a funk. I need something to happen on Sunday, or I might just give up on sports in general. And that's wow. that's the Bears report. Take take that sports. <laughs> um, oh, I was gonna do a take that to us for the Badgers, like oh. to make to use our own my own little shtick on on ourselves. Yeah, because yeah, but then yeah, I, but then I forgot. So yeah, no, uh, it was a big it's a big take that to us for all the hype we yeah. put out there. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just a. Yeah, I guess I won't add more to to the Bears. Uh, it was a surprising no, there's, game. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. And uh, <laughs> I don't. 
It was it was weird. I don't. I I went into this game and my thought was, these are two teams who have had better than expected starts. This is a good game to see which team is if either team is for real yeah, good. It's all yeah. Are they for real game? And. I came out with more questions than I went into it, which was, I thought I thought one of the teams would win decisively and, and prove the other one wasn't good and that they were good, and, and both of them scored 40 points or 38 or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, just surprising. So, yeah, so I'm at my lows of lows on Sunday. Just hungover, sport hungover Monday. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing that can make me feel worse except an Aaron Rodgers fourth quarter. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, this Aaron Rodgers guy might be good at football. <laughs> I mean, that guy. It, that last drive was something else. And I, you, he's had last drives before, but this he, I think he had to go eighty something, ninety something yards in a minute, less than a minute, with no timeouts, and he throws f- three ropes to the sidelines and one crossing pass that went out of bounds too. Uh, two wide receivers as they're going out of bounds, just right where they needed to be and, and says up the field goal. It's exactly what he did against Minnesota uh, where he just, the team is, other team is playing a prevent defense. So don't let them out of bounds defense, but he found ways against Minnesota and in this game to get the ball to receivers as they were going out of bounds and the receivers made the plays when they needed to. I don't know how it, it came down to that <laughs> the rest of the game. Um, and I guess taking it into context, uh, watching that game, I just had lived through game three of the Brewers. Uh, so uh, I guess my setup was I had the Brewers on on, on the big screen and then uh, the Packers on the laptop. And the Brewers had just won uh, four to zero after loading the bases in the in the ninth inning and almost blowing another save, uh, which would have been their third of the playoffs. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. And then I have, I get to watch Aaron Rodgers come back. It was quite an emotional, stressful, exhilarating night uh, here in our household. Um, and by that I mean me cheering and the rest of my family sleeping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it just I, I I don't know how it got to be that close. Uh, 33-10, or excuse me, 33-30 was the final. Uh, Packers had to make a comeback. Uh, this, the Packers just seem unprepared every week. Like they don't know. And this, and I guess if you if you're on Packers Twitter, Marla, which I'm sure you are, all over uh, that. The big the big running joke is that Mike McCarthy is a quote unquote successful NFL coach. <laughs> and so everyone always refers to him. Uh, man, that was a surprisingly uh, unprepared team for a successful NFL coach. <laughs> or what? Uh, that's some some pa- strange play calling for a successful NFL coach. I'm doing the, the asshole air quotes <laughs> over here. And that's kind of, kind of the running joke. But in this game, it again seemed, I mean, for God's sakes, we're playing CJ Beathard and he's getting big plays on us on play action. I mean, give me a break. Uh, it was way too close. It should have been that close, but Aaron Rodgers saves uh, the Packers and uh, the successful NFL coach uh, once again. Uh, and you I, know, guess I, don't, I don't get watching <laughs> these games and watching. Just ha- I've seen it happen, obviously, to myself. But it would be like, his players, they don't make plays for him all day, or he's like getting sacked, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's just, oh, I have a minute left. He has yeah. four unbelievable throws and catches that are just, they're just, it just doesn't make any sense, and it's just not fair. 
Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I, I agree. He should do it all the time. I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't. Um, especially the one thing they couldn't do is what they gave up. I don't know. Uh, and he seems to, to pull the rabbit out of the hat for, I guess, the third time this season, right? In, in five games, which is pretty incredible. Uh, six games? Is it six games now? Or three, two, and one, six games? Um, I don't know. The one messes me up. So six yeah. games. You haven't had a bye, Six right? games. Yeah. No, we haven't. When this week is, our, is the Packers' bye. So. Uh, I guess a good win. We have a, the Packers have a tough slate coming up. Uh, the next few weeks, I think we play the Rams. Uh, Patriots are in there somewhere. It's I was I. They showed the schedule coming up, and I was thinking to myself, if we don't win this game, then we're not doing anything the rest of the year. And maybe we won't anyway. But um, yeah, Aaron, Aaron pulled it out of his butt once again. So thank goodness for him. Yeah, awesome, sweet. NFL. Anything else uh, stick out to you? Or you just do your two? Not bummed? nothing. Yeah, no, I was in a I was in such a dark place. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas won a football game. I don't know what else, I don't even know what else happened. It was just yeah, I was in a dark place on Sunday afternoon. Like after the that, sun, the Sunday night game was was really exciting. It was oh like, yeah, yeah. forty three forty or something. I went to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, but yeah, I guess that was it. Was kind of a shootout, kind of mad. Yeah. that I didn't see that, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty exciting. Um, I just think. Both teams have good offenses and have bad defenses, and maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just the NFL. I mean, the I thought the who has a good defense, right? We thought I thought the Bears had a good defense, and right. I mean, look what. Well, yeah. Well, a good defense Osweiler now did. is like, oh, you let up only thirty points a game, so you're good. Yeah. But, yeah. So All keeps right. moving on. All right, moving on from NFL. Let's talk some baseball, Marlo. Yeah, dude, I've been waiting. I've been waiting, been waiting to do this, man. Because <sighs> I haven't talked to you since they, since they won the uh, divisional. Yeah. Uh, so before that, you were you were gone last time. So congratulations. Yeah. Brewers are in the in LDS. We're already in game three as we as we talk right now. Game four. Is or game four as we talk. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <clears throat> it's uh. Yeah, it's so it's been as a as a Brewers fan, uh, seven years since a playoff series, and I dare say I was young and naive in 2011, and kind of thought that think more better things were to come, right? And yeah. I was, and 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 then they didn't, and I'm back, and God, it is a thousand times more stressful than I remember it being, <laughs> and maybe that was my naivete. Uh, thinking that the Brewers were actually the better team in 2011 when they lost to the Cardinals. I still think they were. David Freese killed us. And somehow he's on the Dodgers when we play in the NLDS again. Um, so, yeah, we're three games in the series. I'm watching the fourth here on my phone as we go. So hopefully I, I don't sound too distracted uh, <laughs> as we go as we go through this. Uh, Brewers winning game one and game three. Um, and I guess... Where do you where do you want to start? I have some. Well, okay, so I, since I haven't talked to you, because I, I was watching, I was watching game one, and yeah. it was obviously first game in LDS. Uh, you're in Milwaukee, yeah. lot going on. I was just, I was thinking of you, buddy. So I wanted to get what your feelings were. Where were you? Were you watching the game? So uh, I was actually watching the game in uh, <laughs> a brewery without sound in in. Uh, in Williams, Arizona. Okay, that makes it this makes it even better. All right, and, so it's, go ahead. And uh, 
so we go into the game. It's uh, Gio Gonzalez starting against uh, against Clayton Kershaw. And, you know, granted, there's been Clayton Kershaw's not the same pitcher in the playoffs. So he's still been good. And hmm. we go into the game, and in the second inning, uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, well, let me get, let me just get your feelings. I got a couple of points. I just want to get your feelings. Yeah. on these games because they report. So first, the um, you know, first inning, we're excited, and then Machado hits that home run. Yeah, second inning hit the home run. Yeah. So, How are you feeling? Well, it's hard now to. Well, I thought it was over. I thought the whole thing was over. <laughs> I was out. I was like, God. The Brewers could trade for this guy. He could have been a Brewer, and of course, it's this you know him who hits the home run. And now, <clears throat> I guess it's hard to separate how I felt then from how I feel now about Manchado. But watching him in this series, I'm he again biased opinion. He seems like such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a couple plays where he's like jogged out grounders, hasn't made hustle plays. And uh, two slides last in last night's game where he broke up double plays that were clear interference that one of them was called one of them wasn't. Um, he, j- I'm just glad he's not. He's a better player than you know whoever we're playing at second base, right? But uh, whether it's Arcia or whatever platoon it's been Arcia this whole series, I guess. But um, he's easy to hate, and I haven't disliked a baseball player like this in, in very long. Uh, but when he hit that home run, I was like, it's over. We're not going to score on Clint Kershaw. We're going to be down 1-0. Here we go. And <laughs> First then, inning. And yeah. then the second? And the second inning? No, it's the third inning. Uh, relief pitcher. Well, he's, I don't know, he's starter slash relief pitcher. Brandon Woodruff comes up and hit the home run off Clayton Kershaw. And it's probably the most surprising sports play I've ever seen. Like from what I expected to what actually happened. I mean, it was a dinger too. It was a no doubter. Oh, rushed it. It was unbelievable. I mean, I I've lived through hail marys on the good side and the bad side, but there's always that possibility there that it will happen. Um, and him hitting that home run never even entered my mind, <laughs> and he he crushes it. So then I immediately go. Oh, we have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I guess they, that game went on, and, and if you want to talk about more specific specifics about that game, we can. But I think that game kind of, and the rest of the series up to this point, has kind of flipped the script on, on who the Brewers have been all year. Um, their strengths have not performed, whereas their weaknesses have been what has won games. And what I mean by that is their strengths coming into their series were their bullpen and more or less Kristen Yelich. I mean, especially in their run-up to the playoffs, that was what was kind of the dominating performance is what got them to the playoffs and to having the best record. Excuse me. The best record in the NL. Um, And their bullpen has struggled in each game this series in game one, uh, giving up a couple runs, letting the Dodgers back into the game. Game two, actually blowing the save and losing the game. And then in game three, they didn't give up any runs, but uh, Jeffries sure made it interesting by loading the bases in the bottom of the ninth. Um, and then Yelich has been fine, but he hasn't been the MVP, you know, kind of terror that he had been at the end of the year. Uh, and then the flip side are weaknesses, if you think about how the team has performed all year. The starters uh, on our team aren't statistically great, haven't been strong throughout the year. 
Uh, they have given up, I think, one run through three games. And now as we go into the fourth, they have two runs now through uh, three and a third uh, games, which is unbelievable. And I guess the term for the Brewers is opening out skitter instead of instead of starters because we're so clever. Um, and the bottom of the order Changing is specific- the game. Yeah, specifically uh, Orlando Arcia, who had his now tied for second in career postseason home runs for the Brewers. He has three in the playoffs. He had three all year in the regular season. So he is, and as well as uh, Manny Pena, Eric Kratz, the catcher position has been uh, producing at that bottom of the order. Uh, those it, it The team has somehow flipped, and it. it's been bizarre uh, to watch, and it's been an emotional roller coaster because the one thing you thought when you go to your bullpen and you expect them to get the outs, and then they don't, it's, it, it is a stress that I I think is uncommon in other sports. So that's, I guess that's, that's where I stand. And I'm sitting here watching game yeah. four. Uh, Dodgers are up 1-0 in the bottom of the third. How do you, how do you feel about Marlins man being in Milwaukee? And it looks like he's in, he's in LA too. So he's picking your series, he's picking your series to yeah. sit behind the plate. Marlins yeah, man. Yeah, well, he's an L guy, right? He's the Marlins man. Yeah. I saw Marlins man. He seemed nicer than I thought. Um, He was like engaging with fans. I didn't expect that to happen. Um. I saw a, I think uh, Big Cat tweeted this out. Somebody did on, on the Twitters. Uh, him taking a picture. There's a, it's, so talking about the difference between Dodgers and, and, and Brewers, they did uh, at the Dodgers game, they do like the famous fans, you know? Yeah. A, here's Rob Lowe at the game and here's whoever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who's famous at the Brewers game? And I was like, <laughs> well, front row Amy's famous. Well, not, she's famous because she's a somewhat attractive woman who sits in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> She's not like famous outside that. We have David Gruber. If you live in Milwaukee, you know who David Gruber is. Uh, no, he's he's a lawyer. Nope. Well, nope. He's a lawyer and he does all the commercials. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm thinking. Of yeah. All right. SNL. Well, Good Gruber. Um. No, different guy. Different guy. <laughs> a different he's, guy. He's, uh, he's probably our other famous uh, fan. So anyway, so Marlon's man was taking a, a. It looked like he was taking a picture, somewhat facing towards front row Amy, and it looked pretty scandalous. Um, but anyway, Marlon's man, I'm 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 on, I'm on board with Marlon's man. He's not the jerk I thought that he for some reason, whatever reason I thought he was. Um, he seemed much nicer. Not that I talked to him or or anything. Yeah. Um, but. Anyway, so after after game one's win, I noticed there was a lot a lot of Brewer fans. They were all on board, like all yeah. gas, no brakes. Stole that from another podcast. All gas, no brakes. Oh, very chesty. Um, <laughs> and they were like, "World Series, get tickets, let's go." No, no, you're not there. I'm yet. not there. No, uh, <laughs> I'm. I I guess I'm more in disbelief that this is actually happening. Yeah. To be honest, like. After game one, I was like, holy crap, we beat Clayton Kershaw in an NLDS. We have three more games to win. And then we lost game two, and I felt like the World Series slipped through our hands. Like we had That did chance. feel like, though, a slipping game because the Brewers had it, and they did. We they had it. it. Yeah. Yep. And let it go, and I was like, no, there it goes. Ugh, now we have to go to L.A. Oh, my God. what? Are, it's over now. And then we go. we win game three. Uh decisively I Shasin was great again 4-0 again a little bit uh a little bit close at the end a little bit more interesting than it needed to be and now I'm just at a point where like we're two wins away like it's can we win 
two out of five. Is that what we need to do? Two out of five, right? Yeah, including this one, yeah. Uh, left, yeah. I, it's it's possible and it's it's baffling. Like I, I'm trying to think back to how I felt in 2011. In 2011, I felt like we were the better team. I don't feel like that now, but we keep winning, which is it's just a weird. I, I I'm expecting the worst and then surprise every game. I feel like I'm expecting and feel like when things go well, like phew, we escaped. And when things go poorly, I'm like, oh no, it's over. And then the good <laughs> There's things, no in between. There, it, it's very weird. It's very weird where I'm at. Um, it. I guess I don't know how else to explain it. Like the team keeps surprising me, and maybe that's just my pessimistic view of it. Um, but God, it's it's playoff baseball. I, uh, this it's so tense. It's so crazy. Um, the highs are so high. The lows are so low. And then you have so much randomness in between it's it's crazy and it i don't know how teams who are regularly good and do this year after year survive because this is this is stressful as heck that's all i got okay oh i want to complain coverage about the game yeah i want to talk about the coverage of the game yeah you know it's on national tv and you know as good joe buck Joe Buck, all, is Joe Buck the hardest working man in broadcast? Because he has a Thursday night game, and then he... Where, where was the Thursday night game? It was like L.A., right? Oh, I can't remember. The Thursday night uh, game, but then he was, was on the uh, Friday night bro- Friday afternoon broadcast for the yeah. for game one. Yeah, New York to Milwaukee. That's a, he probably's not flying Frontier like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just, so the, the Fox coverage, and I guess... I'll speak... Maybe maybe this is more reflected at the pre and post game coverage than it is at uh, the in game coverage because I think John Smoltz is pretty good, uh, but they just seem baffled by the Brewers. Like they seem like this is the first time that they've seen this team play. Uh, they keep talking about the bullpen usage and and how the Brewers are so quick to go to their bullpen. When I think after Game Three, each team had used the same number of relief pitchers as the other, so it. it they're talking like we're playing a completely different game when it looks exactly the same. I guess the only thing to say about that is the Brewers are proactively using their relief pitchers. They'll get their starters or other relief pitchers out when they still haven't been in trouble or given up runs, whereas the Dodgers kind of did the more traditional reactionary, like, oh, now our starting starters given up a couple hits, or now our relief pitchers, pitchers walked a guy or two. Now we'll go to the bullpen, but... Um, the usage has been the same, and they keep acting like the Brewers are like reinventing the wheel or like playing a different type of baseball. It's it's been bizarre, and the whole coverage keep they just <clears throat> to me again. I'm clearly biased, but it feels like they just keep talking about how much how surprising this is and how much better the Dodgers are instead of like actually watching the game and saying like, "Wow, this team did better than the other." <clears throat> I just remember this quote, like, the longer the series goes, the better it is for the Dodgers because they're a better team. (laughs) What a ridiculous thing to say. If this series ends early, it's because the Brewers are the better team and they won the games. What is... Oh, that's a good... That's a good good big J line. The longer longer the series go, Team A is going to be... Better, because they're they're the better team. (laughs) If they were the... It's just... And, and maybe there's a little bit more truth to that in in baseball than there is in other sports because of of random the randomness is a bit greater and, and, and whatnot. But um, it's just it's just so frustrating as a, a Brewers fan too. And it, you feel on that little brother complex? You feel like yeah, maybe not, it's a little bit. Of the, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of the complex that certainly could be true. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so it's so frustrating, and it's driving me up a wall. Um, but that said, going forward, I got I, I wrote down expectations. I don't I don't have expectations. Win, anymore. baby, the, win. The ruse have exceeded my expectations, but I think it's it's incredibly possible that uh, Scoop just grounded into a double play. Then they need cow. You're so far ahead of me, by the way. Uh, uh, but yeah, the Brewers, the Brewers are the only thing I have going for me, man. <laughs> this no. foster team I have is the only on. thing that's keeping me going right now. I'm just, I'm expecting the worst and hoping for the best, and I hope they exceed my expectations as they have all season. It's, it's been great uh, to watch, and I hope I just, I hope it continues because it's, it's great. It's, it's. It's great. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I thought I was going to say something more profound in, in the going forward expectations, but it's just, <laughs> it's been it, so stressful yet so fun. And, um, God, playoff baseball is unlike anything else, uh, I think, in, in sports. Maybe hockey, but I don't care that much about You don't have a hockey. team. What's I don't your have a team. team. Yeah, your team's in the playoffs. It's, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Everything's yeah. awesome. So, uh, I you know, they got to win two of the next five. Um, so I hope I hope that they do. Uh, and maybe before this podcast, we'll get a good look at what that looks like. But uh, God, I hope they win. It'd be so fun. It'd be so fun to be the World Series first time since '82. Thirty six years, man. That'd be something else. Uh, all right, enough Brewers talk. Uh, I think. Yeah. Baseball's in the playoffs. NBA is back starting Tuesday night tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, two games tonight. Rest of the full slate tomorrow. Casey, okay, so you excited? You excited for the NBA season to tip off? I am. I'm ready for it to be back. Um, you know, I, I, the NFL. You know, that's great to be back, but it's really just a a two day league. You know, we got college football. It, NBA really. I guess I've had. You know, brews that we just talked about filling up my my weeknights, but uh, yeah. NBA kind of occupies that um, weeknight uh, schedule for me to, to to follow sport. And you know, with the Bucks, with some big expectations this year, I'm I'm ready for the NBA to be back. Yeah, if you have a team in baseball in the playoffs right now, this is a great time of year. You got football Friday, Saturday, playoff baseball, and then like you said, sprinkle in with some basketball. It's a great sports time of the season. Yeah, I think uh, you know the NBA has gives you lots of narratives at least, even even if you're not watching the games to follow along and oh. uh, keep you interested. <laughs> there are some narratives. I we complete like we didn't get a chance to talk about the whole Jimmy Butler oh, incident. Yeah, yeah. I we, we we left off at like the beginning of it, not when he showed up to practice, cussed everybody out. Started playing with the third team, beat the first team, and like walked off the court saying, "You need me," and then had his Rachel Nichols interview. <laughs> yeah, that that my friend is is the NBA in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I I don't I don't know when Jimmy Butler decided he was Kobe Bryant and <laughs> like was better than everybody else on the team, uh, but this is. I guess he's only been with the Bulls, right? So this yeah, is yeah, drafted by the Bulls. This is the second team, but he, it sounds like because he already he had he had two different beefs with the Bulls. Oh, that's right. Okay, I thought yeah. it was three times that he had kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're 
so uh, obviously he wants to get traded from Minnesota. I don't see how Minnesota, after that performance, can keep him. <laughs> but if you're another team, what are you getting? Yeah. Like, what's, what's your incentive here? Like, why? I guess if you are a a team who needs an alpha dog to take you to the next level, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head of who that is. Uh, but you're, you know. I, I just can't see him going to a team and being like, all right, I'm going to play with this guy, right? I'm going to play alongside this guy, and that guy's going to be the leader of the team, and I'm just going to try really hard. He has to be – the way he's positioned himself and the way it seems his mentality is he has to be the best player on the team. Yeah. well, or at least has to be the hardest working player on the team. Right. And all, I mean, all the teams he wants to go to, it looks like he just wants to go play somewhere, get paid, and like like the place he lives, right? It's like Miami, the Clippers. um. I forget the other one, but they're not. They're not. The Nets. <laughs> they're not teams going to go to. And they're just going to turn around, and be able to win championships or even yeah, come that, close. That's what I think. Is so weird about it is like he positions himself as this winner. He just wants to win. Blah blah blah. By the way, trade me to these five hundred teams or worse. <laughs> yeah, and it, I he'll make them better, obviously. Yeah. But if he goes to the Clippers, are they competing? No. no. If he goes to the Nets, no. Miami, maybe. Maybe in Miami he can take that team to a, I don't know, four seed. <laughs> I mean, congratulations. Yeah. I just I don't get. I don't get. It's the new NBA, man. This is how this is how deals are done. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. I don't get what. I just I can't. I guess Miami's the only fit I see because I don't see any other player on that team who would like compete with him for that kind of leader of the team role anymore i mean Dwayne wade's still there right but like he's past his prime and i think he'd be happy to see somebody else kind of push everybody and eat the minutes that that butler does and if you're talking about players who don't try hard because that's his complaint about towns and wiggins i mean hassan whiteside's on that team i mean if you want to go to miami <laughs> play with hassan whiteside after he got paid i mean yeah uh, i what a bizarre thing though yeah super bizarre but I loved, I loved every second of it. That's the NBA just taking over the narrative. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, start of the season. Uh, talk, we could talk about our teams quick. Yeah. Um, Want to go with the Bulls? We go with the Bulls first. Sure, we'll go Why with not? the Bulls first. We'll go with the Bulls first. Uh, expectations. Is this the over-under total wins 30? Is that Vegas's? Vegas is, is putting yeah, that's there? what Ve- Vegas says. Uh, yeah, they uh, think the over-under is 30. Um I think the, I think I saw last that the under was getting bet a little bit more than the over. Yeah, but thirty is with a win total. God, this is my favorite. It's, it seems really low, but God, I could see it. It's still with especially marketing hurt. I think he's out first four to six weeks with that okay. elbow. Um, and then we gotta you gotta throw in Parker. <sighs> I want I want with all my heart to say the over. I want to say over thirty, but you know what? I let's let's continue the tank one more year. Might as well. <laughs> what else are we gonna do? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see much more than thirty. And if you're not going to get over thirty, like in the way the NBA is set up, like what are you even doing? Yeah. Exactly. And that's what makes I guess we have down here their additions, uh, Jabari Parker and. Uh, Zach Levine is that his? Yeah, Zach Levine. Zach Levine. I think we talked uh, at length when that contract was done, but yeah, those are two moves that are like 
we want to be better now. Yeah, which kind of fly in the face of everything else. This is yeah, because this is what the Bulls do. Though they'll they'll say one thing and they'll do another. They're, they they want to say they were rebuilding, but now they want to win now. And now we're gonna be stuck in base, basketball hell where we're just mediocre in the East. And that is the worst place to be in the NBA. So yeah. that's that's my expectations. There we go. All right. <laughs> Should be exciting. I'm sure we'll talk a lot of Bulls basketball throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, well, um, the go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I I guess the other uh, change that we we didn't mention is Wendell Carter Jr. was the the draft pick coming in. Uh, pretty good hype for him. I think. Yeah. Uh, the consensus is it's it's a good fit um, for the Bulls uh, and. It seems like he's more NBA ready than a lot of people thought he would be. I think his his jumper or his shooting, I guess, in general is better than people going into the draft thought. And it seems like he'll be a good defender slash rebounder uh, for him. His rookie of the year odds are eleven to one. Uh, to put a little more Vegas odds into the podcast. Yeah, he had a good he had a good summer. He had a good preseason here. Like you said, he's looking good on on the outside jumper, which will open up his. Uh, cutting to the lane. So definitely looking for big things out of Carter. Should be at least, at the very least, a fun fun player to watch, fun athletic mm-hmm. player to watch. So I don't know, rookie of the year, we'll see. I don't, what does rookie of the year mean anymore? I feel like well, you could be a, what, like you could be a second-year player and win rookie of the year now. It's happened like two years in a row. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't so. – is there anybody like that this year? Yeah, yet? I was trying to think. Well, does – no, because Feltz ended up playing, didn't he? Yeah, Spells I think count. he play, yeah. he played enough. I yeah, think. he played enough. So maybe not. Maybe not. So maybe we'll actually have. A I think this year might be a true, a true rookie. true rookie of the year. Yeah. But I, just looking at the list, Luka Doncic is the favorite. That's where, at three to one, I think I'd put my money, money there. Uh, Eleven to one seems a little too, a little too far. <laughs> and I don't. I just. I think he'll be really good for the Bulls. Uh, but I don't think he'll put up the offensive numbers that you would need to do to to be rookie of the year. And I think the he would have therefore have to have a significant impact on defense. And I think everyone else around him is going to be so poor at defense. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, thanks, thanks for the well, uplif- uplifting break. No, I I, <laughs> I mean Markinen who I mean is hurt, but he can't guard anybody. Jabari Parker can't guard anybody. I mean. Wendell Carter is going to be asked to do a lot on defense, and it, I guess to the point, if he does that, that will go a long way in getting him some recognition as rookie of the year. But it's kind of like in the NFL; it's a, it's an offensive award, right? Right. Yep. Definitely. And I don't think he's going to do enough offensively to get that. And maybe his shooting is farther along than we thought, and he he does. But uh, I like a lot of other people ahead of him in their rookie of the year odds. Anything else? Looking forward to the Bulls. Fred Hoiberg, how do you feel? Uh, first coach fired, or Ooh, I think, or, do you, or does he ride out the rebuilding process? Though I think, I, so here's the thing: I think he rides it out, but I think once they're actually at the cusp of winning, they're going to change coaches. So, <laughs> so I think he'll ride out this year, and then if they get they get the players they need for next year, that might be it for him. That's when. Yep. That's when. Yep. You make the change. Yep. Uh, that would be nice of him, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how good a coach Fred Hoiberg is. It's tough because he, he has not. He's not good. He hasn't had much talent. Um, he really just had one year at Iowa State, right? That 
kind of propelled him to this level. Yeah. Tough. Um, we'll see. I think Thibodeau's fired first. But <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he just, he just refuses to trade Jimmy Butler and the owner's like, come on. <laughs> we got to do something here. And then Thibodeau's too stubborn until he'll say no and they get fired. That'd be great. Uh, all right. Ready to move on to the Bucks? Yeah. Bucks. Bucks basketball. <gasps> hype, hype, hype. New stadium. New stadium. Uh, new coach. Uh, expectations. Uh, over under win total for the Bucks is 47.5. Woo. I think it's moved up to 48. Woo. These are the opening lines. Um, I think that would put them as the th- four seed. Well, people forget like there's that. no LeBron now. There's no LeBron, uh, but I think they're the they're either fourth or fifth. I'd have to look. Do I have this open still? At what um, Indianapolis is because they're the other ones right around there. Um, but they're behind the Celtics, uh, the Sixers, and Toronto. So at least fourth. Um, but here in Bucks Land, there is a lot of optimism. Uh, I think. The one that rings most true is uh, new coach, Coach Bud. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to choose to call him. I think from going from uh, Jason Kidd on his last leg and then the substitute coach that they had last year. <laughs> substitute teacher coach. Yeah, substitute teacher coach uh, is one heck of an upgrade. Uh, coach Bud dragged the... Uh, Hawks with Al Horford to I think we talked about this when we were hired to a 60 win season I can't I don't think he's ever had as talented a team as he has now I can't wait to see what he does with the team and the offense that he can create because I think that the knock on Jason Kidd was always that he was never able to develop an offense in general much less one that fit uh, the Bucks talent and i think that uh the new coach well i think that's the biggest pickup of the offseason um we had our draft pick dante DiFacenzo. Di don't think he'll make too big of an impact uh if he can be a three and d guy play some minutes there i think that would be a uh positive for him but i don't expect too much is, at least is he still on shit is he still on twitter <sighs> it's haven't haven't been following uh <laughs> I hope at this point, for God's sake, he deleted his old <laughs> tweets. Everyone remember, delete your old tweets. Um, hold on. Get home. Pause. Drastic pause. Oh, Dramatic pause. Is he yes! Going? God, you're ahead of me. Tie game. Tie game. All right. Uh, Coach Bud, DiVincenzo. Uh, yeah. We're keeping Ilya all Sobis. that, by the way. <laughs> Ilya- <laughs> <laughs> one one. One one Brewers. Uh Domingo Santana. Uh, so, funny story about Domingo Santana. Um, he's been on a tear pinch hitting. He's been doing uh, amazing. And I was uh, sitting at game one of the Rockies series, which I was at, not game one of the Dodgers series, which I mistakenly said earlier. Uh, and he came into pinch hit. And I said to uh, the people I was with, I, I said, I feel like every time he comes up to pinch hit, he strikes out. I just, I don't know why. And then they showed his pinch hitting stats, and he was hitting like 429 with like, eight RBIs and just completely disproved my gut feeling of him always striking out. And uh, I said, don't confuse me with your stats. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got a base hit then yeah. and he just uh, did well again. 
uh, as a pinch hitter. So he has uh, turned into a pinch hitter extraordinaire, much to the my, my lack of memory there. All right, Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Ilya Silva's back. Uh, he played uh, with 76ers last year, still showed some signs of being able to play. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the Bucks. And they also got Brooke Lopez, uh, who... I, is that the good Lopez? Brooke, yeah, it's a good Lopez. He's n- the probably not cut the Brooke, Lopez, not the yeah, one that was lost on Island Lopez. That's right. Okay. He's probably not the Brook Lopez of yore. Um, and the league definitely isn't the league of Brook Lopez being an All Star. But if he's taking John Henson minutes, <laughs> that's o- that's okay with me. Uh, and I guess my Vegas set is Giannis is four to one to win MVP. <sighs> God, I'd love to see that. And I think I think with what Coach Bud will do, mm-hmm. it's possible. It's very possible. I think four to one is too high of odds. Um I mean LeBron's still in the league, so <laughs> like you can't get too much uh too excited about that. I guess LeBron James three to one, Anthony Davis three and a half to one, Giannis four to one. And then it goes on from there. So he's the third highest MVP candidate. Uh, seems a little high, especially on a team that might finish fourth in the East. But if they exceed that, get up to, I mean, what would they have to get to? Like second in the East? Win 55 games? I guess you well, think who's going to be better? Who's going to be better? Who's going to be good in the East this year? It's like Toronto? Okay, maybe. Tor- Toronto, if Kawhi is, yeah. you know, 2016 Kawhi. Yep. And then Philly. They'll be better. Maybe Philly. Philly, if they continue to make the right steps forward and Embiid stays healthy, right? And then who else? Boston. Ah, yeah, there's Boston. But, but that's Boston, still, but I still like you said. I I think you're right about Philly. Like it's not that's not a that's not a done deal. So, and yeah. then neither is neither is Toronto. We don't know how that's going to work out. So, but I think yeah. Boston's solid. So, yeah. But the thing with Boston though is that they're they don't have like a standout player, right? Like I mean. Well, I mean that to say, like one player is not significantly better than the other. Like the Bucks, Giannis is clearly the Bucks' yeah, best player. Right, right. But Boston has uh, Gordon Hayward. They have uh, you know Kyrie, and then the young guys, right? So yep. it's like let's say split the votes there, right? right? If you're talking about MVP, unless somebody has a crazy year, but it's much more likely that Giannis stands out in MVP. It's kind of a similar situation on Golden State. In, in the West, you know, you have Kevin Durant and uh, Curry kind of splitting votes there. And then whatever LeBron can do with this Lakers team. I think those are the, the questions you have to ask. I guess Anthony Davis, we said, was up there too. If they get to, so if they get to a three, 52 wins, eh, I guess I could see it. It's exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting prospect to uh, to consider and something that Bucks fans haven't experienced since, I'd say, the Glenn Robinson era. Oof, strike out, yellow. Um, yeah. Did you see I put that poll out there who was playing at the highest level in Wisconsin? Yeah. Did you see who won? Well, did you see who won? Who won? Gainus, Gainus won with 62% of the vote. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you <laughs> did send that out after he had like, a triple-double <laughs> in 20 minutes. Yes, I did. And I, uh, my vote was my vote was for Yelich, uh, who then went on, I think, to go one for six in the first two games of the NLDS and just struck out there. Who he's been on a bit of a, of a downside, and I hope that Hornybrook had zero percent. Oh yeah, Hornybrook had zero percent. <laughs> okay, okay, as he should. Um, so. and yeah, I was just trying to go from 
what the what the temperature was about everybody in Milwaukee. And I still felt like Yelich was uh, the leader in that clubhouse. But again, I think we talked about this last time, and it's a little bit uh, boasting on my part. But what a time to be uh, a Wisconsin sports fan, Hornybrook aside, uh, <laughs> with Rogers, Giannis, and, and Yelich. I mean, three of the top guys in their sports. It's it's some it's something special. It's pretty great. Hope they win things. <laughs> Uh, all right, and that's uh, that's that's it for the Bucks. I'm expecting big things. I expect over the 47.5. I think uh, <laughs> I saw somebody uh, tweet out it was like MVP Giannis, Coach of the Year, Coach Bud, Rookie of the Year, DiVincenzo, <laughs> Sixth Man of the Year, whoever the Sixth Man is, Most Improved. You yeah, know, it was all Bucks things. Yeah, it was pretty great. I was like, I'm on board with that. <laughs> I, it's right. it's probably the most excited I've been for Bucks season since, like I said, the Glenn Robinson Ray Allen era, which was two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, many moons ago. Yeah, a long time ago. So, so that's exciting. All right. Cool. NBA. NBA. There we are. All right. Uh, before we close out here, I have a uh, Marlowe's corner kick. <laughs> all right i don't know if you saw this america's america's favorite segment <laughs> yes i don't know i don't know if you saw this but uh usain bolt who signed with a australian club scored yeah. two goals in his first game oh wow so usain bolt the fastest soccer player in the world so yeah that's all i got uh, <laughs> i saw he got some interest from a an english club uh i don't i don't think it was premier league i think it was the championship which is a level below um but that would have been that would have been something else it's pretty cool it's pretty cool seeing him out there um or seeing what he's he's able to do it's a little reminiscent of uh i don't know i, I just like when athletes try and go play other sports yeah i also think it's not fair but I, it's a little different when it's, <laughs> when it's a straight track guy because yeah. but it's still you have this you know soccer soccer is a highly skilled sport but yeah just to be able to do that and and just switch over to another sport at at any at that level is pretty crazy. Yeah, and you know we saw Jordan do it. I I think Tim Tebow has been remarkably successful um, in baseball, considering he hadn't played since like high school. Yeah, um, it's it's really neat to see as somebody who can't play any sports <laughs> moderately well. I, I don't know. I I I really. Uh, I really enjoy seeing that, and to see him actually play competitive soccer is is pretty cool. He looks weird out there because he's so tall. Yeah, he's so like, tall and lanky. But... And like watching soccer, you're not used to, which I'm sure you do a lot in Marlo. Yeah, uh, you're not used to seeing well, World Cup. Yeah, the tall, yeah. <laughs> tall players move so quickly. Like it's usually, you know, the the Messi's, the smaller players. I mean, even Ronaldo's not a big dude. Um, he's big, like strong, but he's not tall. Um. Usually those are reserved. The taller players are reserved in the back line, and they're usually stronger players, not fast players. So it's weird seeing him moving around out there quickly at such a uh, at such a tall dude. It's just a little uh, unusual to the eye. Okay, but I will have to look up. I will have to look up these highlights. I didn't see these goals. I saw them in some uh, some like training camp slash scrimmage type things. Oh, okay. So I'll have to go look into that. All right. That's all I got. Marlos. Marlos. Corner kick. Marlos. Corner kick. 
Um, yeah, that's all I got. Oh, announcement. We're on Spotify. So if you just listen to this, go ahead and re-download us on Spotify. All the downloads count. All the downloads count. And we appreciate every single one of them. Love you guys. That's it for me, Casey. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I I guess this is what, our, our 33rd podcast, and I had a moment of, <laughs> holy cow, we've done 33 of these. Yeah. And uh, I thought, <laughs> I don't want to get emotional or anything, but I, I think that's great. And I, I think that uh, I'm glad that people still, I presume people still are listening and downloading and enjoying it. Uh, so I, th- I thank them for that. And uh, I don't know. It was just, it was a weird kind of reflection moment as I typed in the episode number uh, that we've, we've done so many and that, you know, our, our fellow fans continue to support us with their likes, comments and downloads. So thank you. As, as Marlo said, um, I really appreciate any of the feedback and, and, and support that you guys give us. All right. We'll be back Monday at our regular scheduled time, I believe. Yeah. Yep. All right. No more crazy trips. Hopefully no more sports hangovers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's just going to be real hangovers now. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. I'm off sports. I'm back onto the alcohol. There we go. <laughs> All right. I'm out. All right. Well, until next time, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.